Hello and welcome to another episode of B2B e-commerce integrated and I'm super excited today because we're going to talk about B2B marketplaces and that today in the show we have Elena Stroll and you know her because she was in our show yeah, a little less than a year ago together with Niklas but today we have Elena so Helena thanks for being here in the show again and yeah, please introduce yourself shortly again. Yeah hi Arnold nice to be back my name is Helena I work a lot with B2B e-commerce. I've done that for over a decade, started by a fluke and got hooked on it. And I work for a company called Way Digital, where we do a lot of digital innovation for traditional industries. So I usually joke that I don't know a lot about selling dresses, but give me a spare part or a Mm -hmm. fertilizer chemical or something, and then I'm all yours. Nice, nice. Yeah, so we're going to talk today about B2B marketplaces, and they are, of course... It's a, it's a big topic. It's a big trend. And we are going to dive d- into that, that part as well. First of all, there are B2B marketplaces in many different forms, right? You have the Amazons and the other uh, major players, Alibaba, for example, as well as that we're seeing a trend that uh, certain verticals, certain companies are building their own marketplaces or, or host their own marketplaces where sellers can sell their stuff and buyers, B2B buyers can purchase. So yeah, let's start and dive right into uh, the topic. And um, yeah, what is your take on the growth of the B2B marketplace trend, Elena? I think it aligns very well on the general trend that the most increase we see in e-commerce is within B2B. And what we see in B2B that people want to, companies want to drive efficiency. The customer expectations is to do self-service. You want to do more research online before contacting a company and so on. I think the trends we see in general for B2B kind of aligns very well with the trends for the marketplace. And often why you're going to go online is that you want to expose yourself for new markets and what better way to do that within a marketplace that maybe already have an audience. So I think, I think in general, the trend for the marketplace is the trend we are seeing for B2B e-commerce in general, or not the trend, but like the, the history that it's growing. And I think it's interesting is like you see a lot of People use like Amazon and Alibaba and big ones, but there also are some verticals. I have an example I haven't worked with myself, but I have colleagues in this industry uh, where it's for like spare parts for aviation. So a very specific vertical. So I think it's kind of interesting. I don't know the answer, but it's kind of interesting to see, do we have a winner takes it all? So, well, everything will be like on Amazon, or is it more going to be like verticals? And also will it differ between different markets? Because if you take like some markets in the B2C industry, Amazon is like e-commerce is Amazon. And if you go to some other markets where Amazon wasn't the first mover, they do not have the same positions as they, for example, do in UK, US and Germany. So I think it's going to be interesting to see where we end up. Is it going to be verticals or like the big ones or a combination of both? Nice, nice. And you were from the Nordics, right? I think you're calling now in from Sweden, from from Gothenburg. Yeah. So yeah, in, in the Nordics, they always technology adoption is, is always quite high and also about new trends. So do you see anything specifics in the Nordic region related to this trend or not particular? What I see is typically that some people use like Amazon and Alibaba, typically Amazon. And often you start with like standard parts of your assortment. If you have an assortment, you have some things that are more standardized. And then you have some where you maybe have like specific configurations or it's very complex to decide what you want. So usually you're a bit strategic to start with easy parts, which is easy to put up. I'm going to be honest. I don't see anything specific in the Nordic compared to the other ones. I think... This trend that people are interested, people are investigating if they want to do a vertical and people are experimenting with like Amazon or not experienced, but that's like what you use Amazon. So I think that's what I see. 
Yeah, so let's say also what we see at Sanas, most of the time it's taken uh, together with the B2B e-commerce trend or going digital. They say, hey, let's open a store. And then, oh yeah, what about the marketplaces? That's maybe another channel that we also want, right? We we want, they, mm. they, most of the time they want everything. So then it's always good to to choose or to decide, okay, what do you do first or how are you going to combine these these multiple channels into a digital strategy, let's say so. Yeah, still, we know that a lot of the B2B e-commerce transactions are being done offline, right? Roughly 40%. So there's still room for growth in both these areas. But what do you normally advise on when a company comes to you and say, yeah, we want to go on the marketplaces. When is it the right fit or when it's it's not the right fit? What, what do you advise normally? I think often, but it's important to realize, like any IT solution, that there's no silver bullets. It's not mm-hmm. like you dump your assortment on Amazon and then all of a sudden, with no effort, you get a lot of sales. Yeah. So I think you have to have a strategy. Do you want to go like on a wider one like Amazon or do you want to find a vertical and realize that this actually is a marketplace that suits me very well? I think that's something. Also deciding, is it my full assortment or just some parts of the assortment? Once again, maybe I want to start with, if I have like a very complex part, then maybe start with the simple parts and learn something from that. And I think you you need to look through the full cycle. You need to look at, okay, if we put this, how do we market them? Do we buy Amazon ads or do we do commercial otherwise? How do we do with the assortment? Like I mentioned before, what assortment do we have? Sales. Some marketplaces have that you don't really make a sale right away. You The customer makes a question for a quotation and then mm-hmm. you answer that quotation. Okay, how does that fit in our sales process? Do we need to change it? And payment options. Often, at least in the Nordics and in, in Europe, it's very often that it's like invoice. But if you have a lot of new customers, maybe you want to have upfront payment and credit card payment. and. How does the marketplace deal with that? Do, do they solve that for you or do you need to solve that there yourself? So you just get the quotation and then you need to figure that out. And also the supply chain. If you go to marketplace, it's usually to reach new markets you aren't into. How will your supply chain work? Can your supply chain handle these new countries? Or do you need to have a new 3PL? Or does the marketplace even offer like FBA fulfillment by Amazon so they can do your order fulfillment? And how do you with returns? And most of all, like, how do you get insights if you are using the marketplace? Do they take most of your data or can you actually start to developing relationship with customers afterwards? So I think you need to kind of go through the sales cycle and include how are you going to go through it? I think that's important to know how you're going to do it. Very, very interesting, Elena. And actually, you, you mentioned six different areas of where you need to make decisions or or has. So first of all, is about what kind of products are suitable, what not. Is it, let's say, a real sale or it's more like a quotation process, maybe, that differs a lot, how to deal with payment, supply chain, you mentioned, the after ser- the service after it, let's say, after you have done the deal, and the insights, eh? how, how can you evolve, how can you learn from the data. So yeah. taking the first topic about product and, and product complexity. So in your opinion, what kind of products are now suited really well to sell on, on a marketplace and, and what is more complicated or not even possible yet and you need to solve in different ways? No, if you have products that are like, this is the SKU, this is the description, this is the photo, and you can easily conclude that, that's good. But what if you have products where you need to make a configuration, where every customer buys their unique configuration, or there might be for each product, there are thousands different configurations depending on measurements or material lining, if it's approved for food industry, or like, oh, this works until minus 10 meter, and this is minus 12. If you have thousands of those, maybe... Take the ones that are the highest grossing and focus on getting those. 
So I think it, this differs. Some would say we only have complex products, so then maybe you just want to start a quotation process, and some only have like standardized. But I think you need to look at your own assortment and conclude what makes sense. No, no, and be correct. Be a bit smart about it that you don't create a monster for yourself that's never gonna work. Yes, and obviously in B two B it can also happen that some products have are regulated, for example, right, and with chemicals or so yeah. on. Probably these are also and less possible, but of course you have then on a public one like Amazon, but then you have maybe vertical ones that are more optimized for that, right? So that is that that can also be the case. Yeah. No, yeah. So complex products is 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 one topic, right? So deciding okay, well, how to deal with it. But in the end, it is also possible to do something with complex products in that sense that you say okay, these high volume or the the configurations that sell the most, and then still okay, that just sell these configurations that is possible. All the others you need to solve in other in other channels. And also if you take it as a quotation process or as a starting point to it's more like a lead generation then. That is also possible. Then you just put one configuration there or say, hey, this is the product, but then after it you get in contact or something like that. Or then how does that usually work with, with quotation or something? What have you seen? I have seen both the ones where you buy directly. So it's yep. standard you buy, pay with credit card, and the one where you where you basically create the quotation, like you can't even see prices. You have to, the customer has to request the pricing quotation and then you kind of answer within the platform of that. So I think it's just important to look at the different, like if you're gonna go on a marketplace, be aware of how they do this process and don't choose a marketplace that very badly fits your sales process. Or if you really want to be on a marketplace, then maybe be open to changing your sales process. But then we come back, if you now have a very quotation-based sales process and you want to be on Amazon and don't do quotations, well, how do you do with the pricing strategy? How do you make sure, especially companies that have very diverse pricing for different customers and different Mm -hmm. companies, then this transparency that comes with it usually becomes a problem that you need to understand how do we deal with this. And there is also another challenge with marketplaces is that on many of them, there's a lot of products that are fake. And I know this because I know people that work with it. Like, for example, it says that it's a 3M plastic detail, but it's not a 3M. And if you have a boat, then sometimes it's, or a ship, sometimes it's defined that this has to be this 3M kind of rubberized mat because then, you know, it cannot, for example, catch fire, which is extremely important. Mm -hmm. And it's not only, so I would try to understand how it looks, how does it look like within your industry and so on. Because what happens is not, then you, we are immediately thinking they are selling it for a cheaper price. That's not always what's happening. If you have a counterfeiter, usually what they do is they also make sure they have products that maybe in different industries, there are always products that gets a shortage on the market. Like there's a shortage of this product or this specific thing. Then they can always make sure to produce that. And then they can even sell it for a very high price. So I'm just saying that if you have products, maybe try to understand how what happens there, because I think that's something, this is something that happens no matter if you're in a marketplace. I mean, the counterfeit industry is enormous. In It's like, I think it's calculation that is 2% of all the BMP in the world mm-hmm. is counterfeit products and so on. Okay. But I think it's this is something maybe that you just want to understand. No, that's clear. And I, yeah, I, I didn't realize it actually, but it kind of makes sense, right? And if everything is open or public and it's also if it is detailed, it's sometimes hard to believe what is, what is the real spare part that will from a certain, with a certain quality and what is, let's say, another brand or fake or even not really well regulated or tested. It can always be dangerous, of course. So yeah. are there, and I mean, are, this problem exists anyhow, but like yeah. many things with e-commerce and digitalization, 
it kind of makes existing problems more evident. Like Correct. usually if you're a company that don't have a good pricing strategy, your customers kind of know it that I usually buy this when uh, from this company instead in this country because that's cheaper for me. So most of these problems is anyhow, it's just that when you go to e-commerce and marketplaces, it becomes even more evident and it puts pressure on solving. I usually say that when I do B2B e-commerce projects, usually we end up in problems that the organization already know existed, like a bad yeah. pricing strategy or there's yeah. problems with the logistics and so on. What happens is just that it becomes much more evident and it becomes an urgency to fix it. Mm-hmm. Yeah, so talking about the pricing strategy, you, you touched upon it quickly. And you need to have a pricing strategy, especially if you have maybe a one-channel yeah, complex pricing or complex channel where every customer has a separate price. You also want to open or see an opportunity in, in going to a, a marketplace for a certain part of the assortment. What can you do there? Just just then take a higher price or a certain part and and say, hey, okay, this part is now not for that channel available anymore, only on, on Amazon. What kind of things have you seen or, or what would be your advice? My advice would be that at least you can stand for your prices and explain it to yourself. I, I don't, mm-hmm. I'm not a pricing specialist, so I'm going to be okay. honest. This is not my biggest point. I just see it over and over again in e-commerce that the pricing when it's not an issue, it's usually the companies that do this the easiest. They have a list price and they don't really have that much discounts. They know yeah. they have a good list price and that's what they offer. And some companies do it the other way around. They have very high list prices that are almost ridiculously high because the point is that then you get 40% discount on the mm. list price, yeah. which of course brings a problem if you put it on a marketplace. Do you want to put the list price then, which will be ridiculous high? So you know, when we look at it, just because you're going to give 40% discount. So I don't really have a good answer for how to do it because usually this comes into very rooted problems in the organization, typically in organizations where you have a very a sales pricing and strategy setup that is very unaligned over the business. You know, every sales guy does it the way he wants or she wants. And then in general, you have a business model that's really hard to digitalize because it's not repeatable. It's not something you can describe because everybody's crafting their own. Yeah. So, I mean, if you have this issue, then the first issue is that you need to align your sales process so that you can digitalize it. That comes if you're going to do B2B e-commerce, but it also comes with the B2B e-commerce marketplace. So, I mean, many of the challenges that are for going to marketplace, that's the same challenges you have in general if you are not doing e-commerce and you want to do e-commerce. I mean, it's the same issues that I see. Mm-hmm. For example digitalization of the sales process that you have a sales process that actually works really bad to digitalize because that's not how you sell yeah and then technically i think on these marketplaces like like on amazon i think there is some some kind of a pricing flexibility but it's rather limited right it's not it's not built for for that in that sense now then you just have to understand how can we use this one because they are probably not going to put up a new pricing model just for you and the whole purpose of the marketplace was to attract new customers so maybe yes. don't care about how you do all the pricing strategy. How can we do going forward? Because the point of going to a marketplace is to attract, go into new markets and attract new type of customers that you don't have. Yes, exactly. So the, the your existing ones will anyway be serviced probably already on the channels that you already had. That, that's clear. That's clear. Yeah. So about expanding to a B2B marketplace can also uh, can have, of course, a lot of benefits. But it can also have extra work and maybe not only, yeah, not only for the IT department, but also for the different departments that are involved in pricing products, all that stuff. Yeah. To save time, what would your advice? Eh? Is, it, is it integration or is it just strategy? 
different things that you how, how you will handle the to avoid let's say a lot of extra work I think decide first on what level you're going to do it. Like if you mm-hmm. are just going to do it with some standard products with one marketplace, maybe yeah. like as a pilot, you don't need to build integrations for your ERP and CRM. Maybe you can start with like updating a CSV pile once a day or something. But if you are going to now go to multiple marketplaces and if you're now going to have not just the standard assortment, which you are quite sure is in stock, then mm-hmm. you have to consider how to do this with integrations to both CRM and ERP. But once again, if you're just going to do one and do like 20 spare, 20 spare parts that you want to try out, maybe that's not where you need to start. But I think decide there, like, are we going to invest in money in like integrating our systems or not? And also, is there already connectors so it's fairly easy or not? There are software you can use for this, like Miracle or Channel Advisor that can also help you. So there are companies that kind of help you with getting onto marketplaces. Many of them are kind of like coming from the retail, but that's usually, you know, retail is coming into the B2B sector. But I think many of the challenges are the same as I see when you go to B2B, when you try to do B2B e-commerce in general. I think one of the differences is that it's one thing if you don't do any sales at all. If you are a totally new company that says our business model is going to be that we sell on the marketplace. But most companies that are looking at this already have been around for many years. They already have sales. And then there are challenges for going to marketplace. It's the same as the challenges to do B2B e-commerce. So what is that? Well, change management. You're going to go from these traditional sales model to the digital sales model. And you want to do the digital transformation. That challenge is the same. Product data. If you're going to have a product on a marketplace, you need to describe it. You probably need to have a photo. You need to describe what it's about. And product data is by far one of the biggest challenges because usually there aren't that good product data or it's dispersed and so on. So diverse within the, not like you can find the product data in one place. So product data is a challenge in general. It will be a challenge if to go to marketplaces and also channel conflicts. And that's once again, the same, if you want to do e-commerce, what if you have a lot of resellers or sales agents in a, in a region and you all of a sudden you start to sell on your own web shop or via a marketplace, how do you deal with that? I mean, I know e-commerce both in B2C and B2B that they didn't manage to pull through it because the markets were so strong in saying, you don't go into our market. We are dealing with like, Germany. So don't come here and try to do digital because we are the resellers always. So it's the channel conflict. And also the logistics, if you're now going to go to new markets and if you're going to be more fast and not do it manually via the phone, then you need to be able to say when you're going to get it or when you think you're going to get it. Not like, let me look and I will email you back in two days. And once again, pricing. Usually like what the digitalization is doing, it's making the information that already exists more transparent. And then you Mm -hmm. have to be ready to explain that and marketing you it, if you have your own b2b commerce site you can't just launch it and think now everybody's going to use it either you work actively with rolling on customers or you work with like marketing and other initiatives so i think if you go to a marketplace you wouldn't want to roll your customers onto there you want to have them via your own channels so you don't have to pay any marketplace fees but marketing how are you going to do that are you going to do are you going to buy ads on amazon or how are you going to do it and then, of course, integrations. And that's a problem in general. If you're going to do this at the scale, you're going to need integrations and to orchestrate it so you don't have to do it manually. So many of the challenges I see are the same challenges. The yeah, challenges okay. I see for marketplace, it's the same challenges I see in general. That makes it easy and complex into one, right? So that's more or less the same, <laughs> although... Yeah, but, but, but if anything, maybe amplified even more. Yeah, no, it's correct, correct. 
I like the point that you made. That say, yeah, when you're digitizing, you know, everything is getting more transparent. So you need, you just need to deal with that, right? You need to explain it. Maybe you need to simplify it. Maybe you just need to work in a different way. And what you say, it's also. I it's usually also- say, I usually say that the digitalization that happens when you try to do e-commerce online as a traditional company is that you have so many manual processes that it's holding a company together. And it's like when the tidal water disappears and all of a sudden you can see what's on, what was in the ocean all the time. And that's the same with the marketplace. Yeah. All right. All right. Yeah. We, time is flying already when you're having fun. I was just writing a couple mm-hmm. of things down to, to summarize the stuff. So, but I think in general, what we have covered is that, yeah, the trend is there that anyway, B2B e-commerce is growing and that takes the B2B or the B2B marketplace trend as part of it, of that of that whole wave that is still going strong. When to go on the marketplace or not? And what are the differences eh, on what you can do and what you cannot do in, ter- in, in relation to other B2B e-commerce channels? I think it's mostly around the complexity of a product. It's now easier to do, let's say, simpler products versus SKU. But if you have many variants or many complexity configurations, then maybe it's not the right fit yet. Although there are some possibilities that yeah. you can say, hey. Maybe there are. Just yeah. investigate it so you don't assume that it works. Exactly. Better exactly. verify that assumption. And then from a channel perspective, yeah, most of the time uh, use that marketplace as a new channel, right? So probably your existing channel is already ordering on a B2B e-commerce platform or, or via mm-hmm. another way. But it's mostly for, you know, acquiring new business and there there it seems to work or there it can work well although it's not a silver bullet it's still a lot of work that you need to put into that eh? you need to market it you need to maybe do advertising you need to work on the content etc and then last but not least you can start small like always maybe with just by manually entering stuff but when it's scaling then definitely the need for integration is there and te- integration is just technology so what becomes first is what I really wrote down. What I really liked from you is that you have a strategy, right? How to deal with pricing. Can you explain it yourself? How to deal with the returns and all that stuff and take at least a central point if it is a skill where all this information is or central points where this information is because, yeah, you cannot have different sources of, of the truth, let's say. So, right, that makes it even more complicated and complication will generate manual work, will can generate mistakes and that's not what you want. You do not want... For example, as you mentioned, if somebody's asking or you want to know, okay, when it's being shipped, that you need to say, yeah, in two days, I will call you back. That's not how the world works anymore. So, yeah, there are some some great list of tips for companies that are talking about these trends. Did I miss anything, Helena, or that you want to... No, I mean, every time there's new trends like AI, machine learning, Web3, Bitcoin, whatever, I think it always comes down to if you don't have the base of your company in order, meaning that you know your pricing data, mm-hmm. you know your product data, you know your like that you have this organized and digitally available and you have processes that you can translate digitally or are translated digitally that is not depending on that someone looks at it and say, yeah, this is what I think will I do with this time. Then it's going to, if you don't have the basis in place, then it's going to be very hard to jump on new technology trends. So always when I see new trends coming up, they always kind of highlight the same problem that they always come down to like, if you don't have your base stuff in order, you're not going to be able to jump onto them. But the problem is always, if you are a company, you you really want to do an AI project or a marketplace project, no one is interesting on like standardizing spare part list projects or aligning pricing strategy, aligning pricing and quality assuring in manuals. I mean, 
those are not the projects that sometimes gets the most buzz because they are not the most sexy. But if you don't have that in order, you're going to need those projects. And I often see that when I start a B2B, when I work with companies within B2B commerce, you always end up in some projects that is about data quality or enterprise architecture, that important part of the enterprise architecture, like single sign-on, is not there. So there are four different sign-on solutions. And the base, it always comes back to the base. And that's usually when you do these kind of things, the things that are hindering you is usually the base. So sometimes I'm a bit boring and I, that's mm-hmm. kind of often where it ends up. We have to do this to do this, but everybody just want to look over here. No one yes. wants to do the boring stuff. So that's actually a trick. So fix the base, make sure that that is all in order, that you have more agility to adopt those new technologies or try it at least out, right? So yeah, that's yeah. that's a gr- great closing remark, Helena. So thank you very much. It's always great to have you in the show. Yes, yeah, see you next time. See you next time. Bye. Thank you. Thank you. Bye-bye.